Barney and Friends. Barney Simon. Jacaranda FM. The, you know, young comedians getting better known. And of course, the more our genre has been seen on television, it's more it's inspired more and more people to try their hand at it. So uh, the reason we can put different shows on every week at Monty and at Silver Star is the fact we've got about 100 comedi- working comedians in Gauteng alone. Mm-hmm. You add to that people who come up from Cape Town and Durban from time to time. Plus we get, you know, uh, quite a few uh, internationals coming out just to have the South African experience. We put them on stage. So it's a great show every week, you know. It's- uh, the uh, first uh, major uh, comedy show, so I think Alex J was involved with that. It was at um, Gallagher State. They mm. had a massive show, I think 5,000 people. Mm. And uh, then after that, it was every week. Yeah, I think that was a downfall because every second week we had these massive shows. But that yep. that was an amazing show. Yep, packed full house, and um, you know, the, as, as I said, you know, the, I think what killed the industry was in every town everybody tried. You know, they got mm. sponsors, and do you think that was a downfall? Because there was a period where for about six months there was nothing going on, and it's just the same lineup okay. every week. Um, look. I, I, just my own tracking of this thing, you know, they opened a place called Hysterics in the in the Randburg waterfront back in 1997. Uh, that was the first real comedy club in Johannesburg, uh, and it fell over about 18 months later. Then uh, we did Hurricanes from March 1999. I got you know, Jerry, Jeremy Mansfield used to get call me on a Thursday morning, and I used to do the traffic joke. And then what he would do is publicise the night, but from day one. It was just massive, and uh, I think that probably was the kind of kind of uh, you know tipping point in in comedy because immediately and all these young guys just wanting to get on stage. So we used to have a lineup of twelve comedians every Thursday, each doing about five to to ten minutes plus your headline act doing a bit longer, um, and they would get, they'd got they'd be on stage here twice a month, and then we got we got Carnival City, and suddenly there was all these spaces where guys could work. So there was a this huge upsurge in in guys wanting to get on stage, but the focal point was was probably hurricanes in the four ways more, and then from that you know I think eventually you know we were running nights like in Pretoria, Trevor Noah actually did his first open spots with us uh, at Carnival City at a place called Dax in Pretoria, and when an open spot you don't get paid for you're doing five minutes you know and uh, he was he was great right at the beginning, and I you know he used to be a DJ on YFM. Mm. Um, and in truth, I've been asked this question a lot, you know, could you imagine that he would have done what he did? No, no, you couldn't because to work for somebody to achieve what he's done now was unthinkable. You could see he was talented. He was getting paid very quickly. So, I mean, that time from when you get do an open spot to when you start getting paid, it can be long, but he got paid very, very quickly and he got into corporate work very quickly, got into Celsi very quickly, relatively quickly. But to be honest, I could never have imagined him first of all getting on to Jay Leno and, and uh, David Letterman, but then to get uh, five-star reviews at the Edinburgh Festival and then to get nominated for a Barry Award at the Melbourne Festival was just unthinkable. And then get on the on the Daily Show with John Stewart, first of all, as a guest. And wow, I mean, now he's going to take over. I mean, I just take my hat off. And what it's done is it's inspired people to say, well, you know, that's possible. And that's what you can do if you apply your mind. Do you think he's going to uh, struggle a bit because, uh, you know, you go and you're a comedian, you tell your jokes, and all of a sudden everything's going to be scripted for him? Mm. You know, it's, that show is very formatted. Mm. Do you think he'll adapt to that easily? I think so because he's bright. Uh, he's very, very talented. And he's, good, he's got some of the best writers 
in America is going to write for him. So his transition, I always felt that, you know, before he got The Daily Show, that, you know, he'd cracked it and become well-known. He'd done the Apollo, you know, the Live at the Apollo. He'd been on the on the um, the, the New Year's Eve or the New Year's show for the Royalty the Royal Command performance. Um, I felt that his major challenge would have been to be less South African, become more international. Mm-hmm. And I think by having writers and spending a lot of time in America, and he's going to spend intensive amounts of time you know, with writers, it's just going to take him to, the, to another level. So I, I think he's going to be fine. Um, I wanted to interview Trevor Noah on the show before he became famous. Mm. <laughs> to get hold of him now, he's not going to. But, he, but no. he's coming back uh, in June. I think he's doing mm. a couple he of shows. The theater, yeah. And then I think it's in August, eh? big time. Mm. So yeah. uh, uh, all South Africans, when, when the news broke, I mean, I think he was in Dubai or whatever, and he said mm. he, he couldn't even have a drink because they're not allowed to drink there. So, yeah. And his sense of humor. What do you think of the, the backlash of uh, the jokes, uh, his Jewish jokes and stuff, you know, obviously. Well, you know, the truth is, and, uh, you know, we are, the world is a tall poppy society. You know, the minute somebody does something really good, if somebody's, tra- you know, all the haters are going to try and pull him down. I don't, without exception, we've all done things in our past that once the light is shone on them, we might go, you know, I wish I hadn't said that or mm. I wish I hadn't done that. And especially with someone like Trevor, because to be totally truthful about it, there are better comedians in America who probably be more suitable to do the, the Daily Show. And there must be a certain amount of resentment, the fact that here's this guy coming from Africa to do, you know, do, to do the Daily Show. So there's going to be a bit of a backlash. But, you know, you know that's the, the, the nature of the media. You know, they, they always want to put another spin on it. They always want to be the first person to say, no, he shouldn't be the guy because he said that. And look, you, you know, unfortunately, the, the media and the people in the press never have their lives turned over or people go investigating to see what they've done. It might be a different story if they were exposed to the same sort of treatment. But I think that Trevor's earned his place. And look, and at the end of the day, Comedy Central own that show. It's up to them to decide who they want there. And maybe they've taken the decision that maybe they want somebody a little bit more international because of whatever reason. And, you know, there's no doubting the fact that he's got the talent to do it. He's got the intellect to do it. He's, uh, he's very, very um, smooth on stage. He's a great performer. I really think he's going to be fantastic, you know. Um, I've, uh, you know, all the stories coming out now about him as well, doing that, the, the underground in Melville next mm. to the, the hotel, the Melville Hotel. Yeah. When he started out as well, like little amazing stories that he didn't, you know, obviously you go there, you don't get paid. Mm. And he was this nervous little guy standing on the stage mm. telling his jokes, you know. So he started right down there yeah, um, and worked his way up and well-deserved. And uh, do you remember any of the famous guys uh, in your career now doing very well for themselves where they went on stage and you thought, mm, I don't know, that guy hasn't got a lot of potential. Or maybe, mm. wow, there's a little bright guy who's going to do well one day. Do, uh, any names you want to mention? Um, yeah, you know, it's funny that – and until the late 90s, you know, there was not a real culture of stand-up comedy in the sense that there were all these guys doing 10 or 20 minutes. You had guys like Barry Hilton, Mel Miller, uh, the guys from Biltong Potrost who were still doing uh, cabaret. They called it cabaret, corporate cabaret. Um, so the, you, you didn't have guys who were doing 10 or 15 or 20-minute like typical club sets. But if I go back to the beginning of, of Hurricanes, um, you know, the guys who've come through that who are now well-established as stand-up comedians doing corporate comedy, guys like Martin Jonas, um, David Carr did uh, Hurricanes in the early days, Mel Miller. 
obviously, you know, Trevor was too late for that. Trevor had started doing uh, comedy after we stopped doing um, um, Hurricanes. Um, but in terms of becoming household names, there's been more of that happening maybe in the last five to six years where guys have actually come via the stand-up stage and have now become established. Uh, John John Vismus worked at uh, – John had already been in stand-up before we started doing Hurricanes. They were already well on the way. He'd been taken to Montreal by um, Mnet. Uh, but, you know, once again, like John was a, was already way ahead of the pack in those days, very, very edgy, um, very in, innovative in what he did on stage. Quite, you know, quite in your face. Well, just his look when he walked on stage, yeah. people laughed already without yeah. telling any jokes. <laughs> yeah. Now, you know, I always think he's slightly ahead of the curve. You yeah. know, he's, uh, you know, he might, people might be a bit wary of him because of the way he looks and all that, but he's, he's very bright, very talented, and very, very cutting edge, if, for want of a better term. Uh, but, you know, as I say, we were facilitators. We, we had venues and, you know, they all came through there. Um, but probably the, you know, as I say, Tre- Trevor Noah is the guy that, that maybe has made made the best use mm. of that. Have you? Did you speak to Trevor after you heard? Has he spoken to no. you? No. Not, not you know, yet. I don't, you know, we, you know, we, we kind of we we colleagues. You know, yeah. in early days uh, we used to book him a lot for corporate work and all that. Uh, subsequent to that, he'll phone uh, like on a Friday afternoon and say, "Can you give me a spot?" You know, and what we normally do is we say we'd always make time for him because it's it's a treat for people. You know, if you when I say a spot, he just wants to try out some new material. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's great. We it we love it. We love doing that because it's good for the club. It's good for him. It's good for us. Good for the audience, um, in the sense that they get something completely unexpected. You know, so he'll come along, do ten minutes. People go, "Wow!" You know, Trevor Noah was on stage, but. We do that for people because we know that they're not going to waste that time. They get up there and they they're really using it to to work some new new material, you know. But I haven't seen him in a while, and uh, really, it's no problem. You know, he's got his career. We we're doing what we do, you know. If he phones you for a little gig on a Friday afternoon, uh, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> yeah. anytime. Yeah, <laughs> and comedians, uh, you know. Uh, it's like I suppose musicians. Uh, you, you grew up with musicians or whatever. Comedians are they? Uh, you know, ten comedians on one night, and the first one that goes on can tell all the jokes, and then the next one goes. But they've told that joke already. Mm-hmm. Do you guys get together backstage and work things out, yeah. or is it cutthroat? It's like I, my I jokes would be better than <laughs> no. yours. It must be tough. No, no. Uh, you see, early, early in the in the kind of uh, days of the showcase comedy, where you'd have a few comedians on the ball. There would always be a certain amount of. Uh, comp- I'm sure there's still competitiveness now, but people will be very aware of who's been on stage. Um, I can many, many times be standing next to the next guys, get a guy on stage, and I could see the guys wobbling because the guy who's on stage is doing really well. And I'd say, but you know, what do you, you know, you've got your stuff. What you're saying to me by being nervous now is that you don't think it's good enough. You're on the bill because you're good enough. Just go and do what you want to do, you know. But obviously that device didn't always work because, you know, you could see the guys were affected by the fact that the bloke before got a really good response and now they've got to go and try and, you know, they always feel they've got to top that. It's not a competition. But like, you know, if you come to the club at night, the guys are all different, you know, and the way it's formatted, you don't have to compete with the other mm. guy. You know, there's a break between everyone. So you come on, it's fresh, the, the audience is set up, you can do it, you know. One thing I've always wanted to know, um, comedians, you know, when you go for a cup of coffee or dinner or maybe even backstage, do you tell jokes or not? Some do. Some are always trying to be funny. Yeah. 
Uh, I'm not that guy, you know. I'm I, I when I'm on stage, it's when I need I need to be funny. But in you know, from a day to day basis, I, th- I always see funny things, and it's because of the way my mind works. You know, you always look at things and you you don't say it, but you'd go, I know what would have happened if that person said that, or they say it and then you have another meaning for it, or they say something and don't realise they've actually said something really funny because they are. They're thinking straight lines. Mm. So um, comedians get together. Comedians are very competitive people. It's not a very generous place to be, you know. Um, Very few of them enjoy other comedians on stage doing well. And it's because it's so competitive. Uh, A lot of big egos in our industry. And it's not a criticisms affect their life, you know. And it, it probably what makes them so talented is because they're very precious about their stuff they really want to do well all the time um so from that perspective uh, you know it's very vibrant it's probably exactly the same all over the world i don't know anywhere in the world where comedians get together and say oh i thought you were brilliant last night they don't do that you know they go you know they're respectful but not terribly openly so Cool. Coming up next, a double play. Uh, songs requested by uh, Joe Parker tonight. He's here with me until uh, ten uh, 11, midnight. <laughs> That's a joke. Ten eleven ten, midnight. Eleven midnight. I'm living there. <laughs> <laughs> Joe laughed at my joke. <laughs> uh, we got some Tina Turner, the lady with the legs, coming up, and what a voice! A eh? stings, David. Barney and friends. Barney Simon.